or press 1 for more options. Hello, Brian. This is Timo. I'm calling you to talk to you for about an hour, but uh, if you're uh, not home right now, I guess that's cool. Uh, my number is 323 if you want to call back. I'll check on the Instagrams to see what happened. Uh, otherwise, I'll probably try again in about three minutes and counting. Hope this finds you well. Okay, bye. Yellow. Hello! Brian? Oh, no! Oh, yes. Is this Brian? Brian, this is Timo. Is this Brian? This is Brian, man. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Sorry, your, your phone... Uh, I didn't get your phone call. I just got your voicemail. Weird. Yeah, well, the thing about my landline... I'm calling from a landline, by the way. The thing about my landline, I, I think it still comes up like... Uh, like a mystery caller, I don't know what they call it up in the business, but uh, so that might have been like you know your your phone protecting you from strangers, which you know of which I might be. You don't know. You're, 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 you are potential spam. I am. I, yes, I am classified as spam. I'm not potential spam. I am outright classified spam. Right. Kinetic spam. See, the thing about spam though is that uh, it's still food for a lot of people. Oh, it's a delicacy, I, I hear, in, in many cultures. Yeah, very, yeah, I wouldn't hold it past many cultures to use uh, to use spam as a delicacy. Is it true? The, yeah. I don't know if you know. If, is it true if, that it's uh, Monty Python started spam? I, I, if that is true, I didn't know it. I had no idea about that. That makes sense. Let's let's leave it a myth in the in the air. Uh, okay, so I like to. You want to get started? You mind if we get started? I'm ready. Okay, I'm recording me now. Okay, am I on speakerphone? You are. Okay, so here we go. Are you, are, we're gonna get going. Okay. I like to I like to kick off the thing with uh, with a question with two parts. Now this is a this is a I need to know of you two of your favorite movies and two of your favorite albums. They don't have to be the top or most favorite, but they do have to be two favorites. Okay. You just tend to go back to. Two movies, two albums, go. Okay, so I'm going to go with recently. I'm just just to just to be honest. I am so obsessed with the MCU. I love it so much. I watch all those Marvel movies. So I got to say, Avengers: Infinity War. I can watch it at any time. I'll just pop it on Disney Plus. And then to go a little more highbrow, uh, I think my favorite movie is Synecdoche, New York, by Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. Yeah, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman, and uh, yeah, well, I, yeah, those names rhyme, but that's a very uh, those yeah, are they do. Very yeah. So uh, those those are just the ones that pop into my head, and then um, favorite albums. Okay, well, I'm gonna go back in my childhood and say, start. yeah, I gotta say, <sighs> fuck. Well, take your time, man. No rush. There's okay. no rush. Well, for one, okay, so when I was in college, I loved this album, and I, you know what, I can't even, oh yeah, no, yeah, it's by this band, this Canadian band called Stars, and the name of the, yeah, Stars, S-T-A-R-S, and, oh, okay, and uh, the name of the album is Set Yourself on Fire, and okay. they were just, they're like this male, female, indie pop duo, 
you know, that kind of mid-2000s sound, you know, like kind of that, a little bit of techno mixed with Sufjan Stevens sound. No, I'm not, I'm not aware of this band or this album, but I'm picturing in my mind the Garden State soundtrack. Would I be too far from the mark? You, it would fit right fucking in, man. It would fit yeah. so in. Yeah. Yeah, that's the era. Yeah, that is absolutely okay. I'm gonna have to pursue that one. I haven't heard that one. It's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. It's it's good feeling. It's good. It's good. Um, very Positive. like comforting tones. Okay. And okay, then I like it. and then let's see here. Oh, okay. And then and then also back to my high school days. I was super into pop punk, emo, all that shit, which in Mississippi was it was way it was way more. Um, extreme and alternative than I think in Southern California. But um, I loved, um, I think my favorite was probably Saves the Day, um, was the band, and what was the name of that fucking album? Oh, Stay What You Are. Stay What You Are, Saves the Day. That shit, I'll still listen to that all the time. So emo. Well, it sounds positive for what it, for what emo tend like you know for the reputation emo used to have I don't know now what he, what a reputation it has with the kids but when I was growing up this is, came out in 2001 when I was growing up emo was regarded as too emotional stay away from that because I'm in in high school I'm getting introduced to punk music yeah and so it's like oh there's that stuff with it uh oh but then the kids I was hanging out with were listening to pop punk esque music but it was more like Anarchy, like it was like anti-flag and AI sure. stuff like that. Yeah. So right. I learned to distinguish the style of music from what people thought it was, and then it turns out kids were wrong. Right. Well, I think yeah, I think um, yeah, well, it's definitely. Mississippi had a different tone altogether. I'm in LA, so everyone's like a hipster out here. Supposedly. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think like where I realized that what I was listening to was basically like pop, you know like punk Backstreet Boys. But nobody really listened to it that much in the South, so I felt very alternative. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah, it, it totally identified yeah. me as, a, as, a, as an outlier. I was very different from everybody else because I would wear my, my multicolored, uh, fuck, what are those shoes? The uh, Converse, Chuck Taylors. You know, I'd wear a red one and a blue one. Sure. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's you know, laughable here and now, in the future, and from where the safeness of LA. But back then, I mean, how how scary would it get? Like, I mean, here when I was growing up, people would get uh, you know beat up in the streets for being punk, and I was like, no, they don't. And yeah. evidently, they would. <laughs> it it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh yeah, I lost you for a bit. Everyone thinks everything's fine, so more reason a punk kid, you know. Yeah. It wasn't too, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, in Mississippi, it wasn't scary. It was more like, oh, there's a, that guy's a freak, which was like, it's what we called ourselves too. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, we're the freaks. <laughs> Some of us dye our hair green. <laughs> well, it's great way to identify everyone else like is normal, you can't relate, you know? Yeah, right. When we hate conformity. <laughs> yeah, conformity is like totally like past. Like, you know, it's all about anarchy, man. I mean, I, I forget what anarchy is, but man, it's all about that stuff, man. Anarchy yeah. The symbol with the A and the circle. 
circle, man. Do it. You Lawlessness, know? man. Yeah, we're impressionable back then. Well, oh. now that I got your two and your two, mm-hmm. how are you? How are you feeling these days? Are you doing all right? I'm doing great these days. The quarantine is pretty good for me. Um, you know, so I miss I miss hugging people. I'm, I'm pretty introverted. Yeah, hugging people. Yeah, I would love to like give my friends a hug occasionally, but um, other than that, I'm doing good and uh, yeah, very, feeling very feeling very like transitioning into adult correctly kind of feeling more content, more stable than probably I was probably back when you we we worked together. I was not going things were going well back then for me, especially in retrospect. But um yeah, no, I'm I'm doing good man. I just got a puppy. Well that's great. What's the old name? Did you name it yet or are you oh, yeah. for a little while? It's a little it, it's a little pug and his name is Mutt Chops. Ah, uh, that's a good name. Yeah, he's the cutest little thing. Sweet little thing. <laughs> Dopey looking. <laughs> Love it. It's always great when you talk about an animal but your tone of voice has to change you're addressing it, you know? That's right. Well that's who it's who you really are. <laughs> it's that I voice. Guess so yeah, and that's who you. Were, that's your heart. It's your real it. Uh huh, uh huh. It's your it's your higher self. You know, it's your it's your tender, loving, caringness that you hide because it's too. I would like. I try not to hide it, but it, it does. Uh, yeah, I guess we do tend to hide it. Why do you think that is? Why we tend to hide our true emotions, our true like woo 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 like that stuff, you know? Right. Well, well, I think television has taught us that it's distasteful. I think uh-huh. every time you see anyone kind of act in that way in a sitcom, it'll cut to somebody with a grossed out look on their face. And we've all kind of learned that that is a distasteful way to be. And if you hear anybody do it, it's gross and weird. And if you do it yourself, people will be weirded out by you. And, I mean, it's just, I think it is a part of our... Yeah, I mean, people are easily weirded out by that kind of stuff. Same thing with, like, PDA, you know? It's like, I feel like we've been taught to be disgusted by, like, if someone's, like, kissing in public and stuff. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I'm watching the kids these days. You and I, yes, that's the way we grew up. That's yeah, the way yeah, the world... Totally, specifically... Growing up with, like, yeah, adventure that... time and, like, these, like, more... Hardcore innocent, like really just trying to, like we had to go out, like we didn't have to go out of our way to find cartoons that were educational, but we kind of did. I mean, they were on like PBS, you got your kids watching Arthur, or your kids watching, uh, what's the, the Magic School Bus, and yeah. things like that. Meanwhile, on mainstream TV, Saturday morning cartoons, namely, we, we got, you know, like silly stuff like the tick, or we got action-packed stuff, but, well, I did anyway. I'm, yeah. I, I'm born in 1988. Wow, mm. how far are you from me? I'm 86. 80, so two years. Yeah. So I got the reruns of the 80s, which is still a lot of the 80s, so I got a lot of that stuff. Yes. And then sort of a, a minor influx of newer stuff, but it's all tapped into like more of that stuff. Nowadays, kids are watching really, really cutesy stuff. I mean, I don't know what the kids are going to think later on, but I, I like this awakeness culture that's going on now. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know how it's going to wind up with their... Uh, well, because they're going to have different issues, you know. That's right. Are. That's what it's going to be. They're going to, it's going to make them very soft and it's also going to make them very open. That's a good, that's a, that can be a positive and a negative. Because life is suffering. Life is suffering, Timo. Yeah. There's no answer to it. 
You, you, if you're hard, then you're protected, but you're also closed in. And if you're soft, you're vulnerable, and life is very hard to deal with, but you're also, you know, you probably don't have as many emotional issues. You're probably, you know, releasing it more often. So it's either way. Yeah. The kids are all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Regardless if or not they're really, like, you know, on the right path, quote-unquote, they're going to be fine. I mean, yeah. they, or they won't. And that's going to be fine, too. Yeah, exactly. Life is always fine and not fine all the time. And, and yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, I don't think enough people talk about the not fine being fine, too. Yeah. Like, the not fine yeah. can be fine. I mean, it's not fine because it's defi- definitively. Right. But it's not abnormal. It's not abnormal for things to not be fine. You know? Right. Yeah, and I and I think personally, I think you know the um, the utopia is a red herring. I don't think you know humans. I mean, maybe we'll evolve. Maybe we'll like attach ourselves to computers or whatever. But like, I think humans will always got got strife, and we're gonna have bliss. And you know, it's all just about kind of managing that fact. And and that isn't to discount. That isn't to say like, well, we're always going to have problems, so we shouldn't try to fix ours. Of course, we should. But there's always going to be that creeping darkness, man. It's going to pop up in a new area, whack a mole style. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think I think there is something about acceptance about the not fine, which isn't to say you shouldn't you know tr- really work on it. But I mean, it's also like. You know, it's probably going to, there's going to be a monster in the closet all the time. Because, um, you know, humans, man, humans, we could keep going. Well, human. well yeah, and it's, it's weird because we got, we can see, we can talk about humans because we think we're all connected, but we're still very much in our own territory. Mm-hmm. I mean, our perception of humans as an, as an open-minded, in an open-minded way, is still a very American point of view. I don't know how Russians might view humans, but I'm pretty sure they have different common sense than we might. Right. But, but the red herring of the utopia, that's an interesting concept. It came up the other day with someone I spoke to for a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude mentioned how you got to have a utopia so that you see what the light at the end of the rainbow looks like and so that you have something to aim for. Yeah. But I'm not sold on that. I'm, I'm sold on the idea that, well, you know, what you are presently and what you accept now is all it is, but, you know, that's why, well, like you mentioned before, we have to have the good and the bad, and the bad and the good. Yeah. But, and the utopia is a red herring. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Like, when did you run into that idea? Well, no, I guess what I mean is, is that, um, okay, so, it's kind of like, let's see here, um, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. It's like, I think, I think what you just said, that that's like a rainbow, it's like a light at the end of the tunnel, I think it's a good concept. But I think it's always it's it's always going to be elusive, you know that thing that we strive for. We're never going to actually get. We're not going to get per- perfection. But I think that idea, the idea of utopia, is good. 
But like, but but the fact, you know, a lot of people get really like stressed out. They're like, oh, I can't believe we're not more evolved than this. We should be so much more evolved than this. You know, like maybe, no. I mean, what makes you think that? What makes you think humans are so good? You know, like I think the idea that we should already be in utopia and if it wasn't for all the stupid people, we'd have it. I think that's that's the red herring. I think the fact that it's it's attainable and we should have it and we shouldn't be fucking satisfied until we have it uh, kind of like idea about society. I think that's the red herring. But but at the same time, you know, that, that whoever you spoke to, that idea that it's an ideal, I think that, I mean, that's the same idea of what God is. You know, like God, you know, you know whether he's real or not, that's not really the question. The idea of God is that there is an ideal perfection, ideal morality and ideal goodness and you know we as humans know that we're not good we're not we know that we're not all good so like that's very Descartes right like Descartes said right Descartes said I I think therefore I am all that jazz and he also said the reason I I know there's a God is because I know there is good pure good I know that I am not pure good therefore there must be something that is pure good and that is the conception of God, or the conception of utopia. So, you know, I think utopia is a good, it's, it's a good, you know, uh, mythological kind of sign for that thing we're striving for. But we'll never get it, because that, I think that's who we are, and I think we should be a bit accepting of the fact that there's always going to be good and bad. Like, always. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I have a lot of things about that, but I did. I remember developing this concept, and I am honest to God, sure. There's a well. I think you mentioned it, Descartes. I was hoping someone could tell me what the concept is in actual, like you know, written down philosophy, as opposed to just like drunken stone like, <laughs> college boy philosophy. So my theory was, everyone is inherently an asshole. Or I think it still is. I mean, my theory still is. It's not just what. Right. But I the whole that everyone's inherently an asshole, but some but so some people can aim it better. So you have the that the people who can be assholes to people who are assholes. You can be you know people who are assholes to the things that are putting other people down. But then you have the assholes who just like to be assholes and just shit on everything, and so they have no sense of directing their assholery yes. to anything in particular. So that boils down to its core is that yes, everyone's inherently evil, but somebody can uh, can sort of point their evilness to see where it can best do good work, and that's presuming there's a, such a thing as a good work. But I guess would that be Descartes that who might have said that that everyone's inherently evil, or is that someone else? I mean, I don't know if he said everybody's. I think he said that he can imagine a perfect good, and he knows that he's not a perfect good. And, you know, that's kind of his point. But I think, yeah, I think the idea that we're all, we all got the, we all got the demon in us, man. We all got the, the shadow, you know, the shadow self. And I think that's very clear. And I don't think it's something that we can escape. I think it's always going to be there. It's, it, it's like that, 
I was. I remember hearing growing up the story, and I, it, I think it got framed as this is a Native American story, and I don't even fucking know if it is. It could be not at all, but it, it just is. You know, somewhere. yeah, exactly. And so you know, you've got a good wolf and a bad wolf in your heart, you know, and you know, and really, life is just about which which wolf are you going to be feeding, you know? And are you going to be able to starve the bad? wolf of yourself and and what that implies is that you'll never kill that wolf but you can like not nourish it and you can nourish the good part of yourself and uh i think that's 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 what we are and and then like the idea of of like how to direct that i mean yeah you gotta have some kind of i mean that's where the idea of morals and ethics you know are applicable you know and um you know there 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 is like a certain things that we at least culturally have decided are moral goods and that's like you know help each other um, be kind to one another if you see someone hurt uh, help them you know those kind of basic you know goods and we know that they're good because it helps others we also know that they're good because they they make us feel better too they 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 make us you know so there's a there's a kind of pure good to that or a pure happiness to that as opposed to maybe like a negative happiness um, and like, yeah. like, you know, um, what's a negative happiness? Like, uh, oh, like cheating on your girlfriend or something like that. Like that, that is like, it's absolutely schadenfreude. There's like a, there's a, yeah, I feel like that kind of happiness comes with some like, uh, negative baggage, you know, like you're not just happy. You're also kind of feel guilty or you kind of feel, I don't even know. Yeah. Okay, that theme instead a correlation to that previous thing where everyone's got the wolf and everything. Everybody's got a little bit of you know, anger in them, and the Schadenfreude is like a, an, uh, I don't want to say an inherent reaction, but it's a, some word like that. We can't that. But kind of just like a, a new reaction as opposed to something harbored. I don't know. Would, would that be possible? You think? So, like Schadenfreude is like when you're happy that bad things happen to like powerful people or like people with. Uh, Anyone, isn't it? And I guess it's anyone, but I think it's, I think it's, I'd like to think it's, whenever I think of it, it's more like someone who's already kind of on a pedestal, but maybe not. But there is something, oh. you know, like someone more famous, um, but maybe, well, maybe it's anybody. Better. Maybe it's anybody. That's a, that's a better word than I thought it was. I thought it was just, you know, misery of anybody. Like anybody else's misery, that's not my misery. I want to laugh at that, but it's not that in your mind. Oh, no, no, maybe it is. You know, I think, I think probably you're right. I think, but I just, that's the way I've always heard it in context. Like, oh, this celebrity has had a fall from grace and everybody's eating it up. That's a, that's an example, but it's probably, you're probably right. And, and let me tell you something, that kind of stuff, man, that, that shit, I think that shit is fucking evil. I, I cannot yeah. relate to that. I mean, like. You know, I say that now, but like now I'm like really thinking like, have I engaged in Schadenfreude? And then I'm like, yes, I have. It's like if, like if something like shitty happened to the Kardashians, for instance, I, I would be really happy. <laughs> and that's not good. Yeah, of course. I mean, our president Donald Trump. Exactly. If he died, yeah, right. 
If something I'm getting pleasure out of that, it seems more mm, not so much ah ha ha look at that fucker fall, but you know, well he's done so many bad things, it was bound to catch him. Like it's I don't know, it does. I guess that's what I'm fighting for it to be a little more an inherent reaction as opposed to something that we adopt, right. you know, from our culture or from something like that. But I've ne- I've never really looked at the shopping for it. I just know I can relate to the term. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that yeah, the idea of Trump, it's like po- some of it just feels like poetic justice. So that that's yeah. more like you already don't like this person for other reasons, and so therefore you want to see something bad happen to them because if something bad happens to them, it's like deep down it's saying it qualifies that your feeling about what they do, the fact that what they do is shitty, it qualifies to you that you're right because karma just hit them. Like it. It um, what's the it validates your irritation at them almost, and I think Sean Foy might just be like, haha, that person. I don't know anything about that person, but I'm but they had a bad day. like it's it's funny to me that they had something bad happen to them, and uh, yeah, I don't like that. I don't. I like it when people do well, you know. Yeah, but but where's the difference between Freud and poetic justice? Now let's talk about karma. I've heard. Because you're only doing well. No, it can be a selfish thing. I shouldn't say it's outright a selfish thing, but it can be a selfish thing when people do things that are good only so that the good can happen back to them, as opposed to someone who just does the good because that's the thing you should do. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, any thoughts on the word karma? Well, I, I, sure. And like, and I don't even really know the real definition of karma. I just know like how we use it, which is, yeah, exactly. You do good things. What you put, what you put in the world is what you get back. Right. And I guess so, I mean, does it fall under that, uh, that Jesus thing of do unto others? As you have do unto you. Yes. I mean that, that's a little more on that puts the onus on you. It doesn't put the onus on the universe. Right. Karma, the idea is like, if I do something good, it, I will get something back good. He's just saying, right. hey, treat that guy how you wish that they treated you. You know, um, which the reason I, I'm a big fan of Jesus, man. I like Jesus. And like, I mean, I, yeah. especially like that, that's so inherent to us in our culture nowadays. Like, that's like, well, yeah, of course. Well, yeah, no, I get that. No, yeah. But man, back 2,000 yeah. years ago, that blew people's fucking minds. <laughs> you know? It got them killed, I think. What? It got them killed saying oh, shit like that. Exactly. It was, biz- like, it was, he was speaking, he was speaking cuckoo stuff, man. And, um, but back on the karma, you know, how I feel is like, who gives a fuck? If you're doing it because it makes you feel good or it helps you or if you're doing it because it, you're helping others. You're doing a good. You're helping someone. It's helping you. Like selfish, you know, there's a difference between being like selfish at the at the expense of others and just like doing something that's good for you. And so, yeah, yeah. And I guess maybe it's a selfish act or maybe it's a selfless act and, and maybe we're paying way too hard of attention on that fact. Like, right. like who cares? Like, who, it, Superficial like, or, or, or authentic, you're saying good action is a good action is a good action. Yeah, and it also, it's probably both. Like, it is probably both. Like, like, did you do that for them or did you do it for you? I mean, the answer is usually probably just yes. Like, I did and I did. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we, sure. 
Yeah, I mean, who knows the psychological intention of that people tensions people have? They're very complex, you know. So I love the idea though that there's a one guy saying, "Well, who you do it for, man?" Like yeah. there's totally that guy. But I wonder who that guy could be. Is that me or is that somebody else? Oh, that I, that's not you. Familiar that voice. That but voice. I, where it comes from. I don't know if I know the person, but it feels like something that you would see like on the news, like. Well, people are wondering, are they really doing that, or are they only doing it for that? It's like, man, who gives a f- Well, you know? that seems, that's a question. Like, the guy in my head doing that was more, well, you see, yeah, no, like, maybe you're right. That is, like, the news. And then, like, the far-right news, I could say. Maybe the Democratic, like, far-left news as well. But just, it does sound like someone who's kind of, like, uh, trying to maneuver the conversation to go... Oh, it's it's like this. Look it. Look, I'm trying to point you over here, as opposed to like. Mm, yeah, you're you're you're, you're being. Hard to with those news people, it's yeah. whether they're coming at it from their hearts or whether they're coming at it from they just want the paycheck. Yeah, and and also like, there's nothing wrong with getting a paycheck. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing charity, for instance, because it makes you feel good. What what? Why is that like wrong? Like. I work out because it makes me feel good. You know what I mean? Like I eat food because it makes me feel good. So if I help others because it makes me feel good, which I don't do charity. I mean, like I haven't, you know, I, I don't have a lot of money. Like I, I feel, I feel like I sound like I'm defensive, but I think it's more like if, if another person does. Yeah. If another person does that, like why do we get, and so I think you're right. I think it's someone's trying to steer the the conversation away from the fact that something positive is going on into actually saying, no, actually something is negative is going on, which really you're just trying to tear it down and make things negative because right. you're probably miserable and you, and, and people yes. project, well, doing, project their misery. Needling at good intentions. Well, you know, which, which, which is, I think I like what you said, which is a good intention, a good intention, a good intention. If in fact, what I think is true, everyone's inherently evil, a good intention coming out of that. I mean, how could that be bad? Exactly. Yeah. It's it's like it's like we're in in terms of like conscious beings, we're like fucking we're we're tyrannical monkey toddlers. And you know, the fact that we can do anything positive is a miracle. You know what I mean? Because because what what's inside of us is can be so black. It could be so uh, I mean it should be so dark rather. It it can be like um, you know, Nazis are us, man. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, uh, pedophiles and sexual like deviants and all that shit. They're us. They're they're of the our. Things sp- that a man can do yeah. are the things we are capable of doing. Absolutely. So. so you know, you know, we should be able to pat ourselves on the back that you know. Yeah, man. I don't, I don't do that. And, uh, man, I don't even litter. That's pretty good. That's killing it. <laughs> Fucking killing it. <laughs> but how much of that is guilt and how much of that is inherent to you like, oh, I think there's enough pollution on the earth. You know, my feeling about pollution is it's all going to a landfill. I don't know where that landfill is. <laughs> Therefore, I'll either keep the trash for as long as I can, uh-huh. fucking hoard that shit here at my house, then, then let someone else deal with it, hoarding it elsewhere, or it's going to do things that I don't even know what they're doing. At least here I can smell if it stinks. Or right. I can build, thing, you know, melt down the plastic, something stupid, I don't know. Or this is where I take the uh, the punk aesthetic to my art, you know. Mm-hmm. I start thinking, oh, broken things 
I can hold on to them until I can do And then I wind up throwing them away. Yeah. Anyway, they go to the landfill. But I mean, I, my, my part being holding on to shit for as long as possible is not as harmful as just, uh, I don't know. This is, you see, I wonder how much yeah. of a difference is a difference and where it begins and ends. Well, that sounds, I mean, that A, I think what you're saying is, is like, when you keep it, you're responsible for it. Like it is the thing that it is the trash that you created. And so you're living with the trash that you created. So you know the consequences of that trash. That trash smells, that trash deteriorates, that trash and you're living with it. And you're like saying, what can I do with it? Now me, I don't do that at all. Like I'm, I'm the worst man. I, I, I do not care where my trash goes. I yeah, think I think zero. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't even. No, I I, I do litter. I, I I was creating a human, you know, like a like. If you think of a person who doesn't litter, they're killing it. You know what I mean? Like me, for instance, yeah. I, I I I smoke, right? So like, I throw little cigarette butts on the floor occasionally. I sometimes I don't, and sometimes I do. It depends on my mood, really. I'm a moody litterer. Um, you know what I? Oh, I've heard people have done that. Man, I can't do it. I am so, I am, a, my hands, I have like terrible fine motor skills. I can't roll a fucking cigarette to save my life. But I've heard people do that. I hear it also makes you smoke less. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But what's your brand? Now that we're not allowed to smoke what is your brand? Oh, okay. So I smoke Marlboro Menthol Ultralights. Yeah. Feels but like I had 11. the yellow box because I was just like, you know, when I can get downtown LA on my way home. So I started smoking with these. And so then I, I was like, oh, these, these filters kind of suck now that I smoke these other brands. And then I wound up going zigzagging through brands. I mean, now I roll my own. But the last favorite was uh, Camel Turkish Royal, of which they changed the box to a red one that just says Royal on it. Those mm. are the wrong ones. Oh, but, okay. Uh, Ultralight, you said Marlboro Ultralight? Yeah, menthol. Yeah, so they're not that strong. Um, Yeah, I, what, well, for me, like, I've only smoked for two years, and it's because I, I, I went to, I went to rehab. So, um, I went to rehab for alcohol. So that's where I, I I mean, alcohol mostly, you know, alcohol and with, you know, additions. Um, yeah, exactly. I had alcohol plus alcohol and whatever else you had on you. Um, but I, but yeah, I started smoking there and I really just kind of haven't stopped. But I, so I'm kind of still like a new smoker, honestly. And that like, I knew that I liked menthols immediately when someone gave me one in, in there and I was like, oh, this now, is. Now was it a Camel Crush you started with? No, nah, it was Marlboro, and, but it was like Marlboro. Okay. It was Marlboro Black. And I, I remember I liked it. But then I, as, I, as I started to smoke more and more, I was like, man, this shit's too strong. And so then I went down to ultralights. You know? Now, what does that mean, too strong? Would you get lightheaded or what would happen? Yeah, I would get lightheaded and very tired. Very tired. <clears throat> uh-huh. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah. it's, it, they still make me tired. Like, um, sometimes they make me feel good, and sometimes they make me feel tired. And not I think that's the, the, the kick in the 90s, that people would go outside their office buildings to smoke cigarettes. I think that's the kick they were going for, for the tired feeling. Right. Remember, I always got that feeling when I started, started, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm walking home, but I have to sit down. You know, I, I, I'm like, I'm getting like, you know, a little wobbly and this and that. Yeah, yeah, like almost After, sick. I, I never got that, and I was just like, oh, why the hell am I smoking anyway? I'm not getting any, like, high out of this. Right. I'm acclimated to smoking because I'm a smoker, because I'm a smoker. Tima? I'm about it. I always wonder what that weirdness is, and I think it just makes me want that. I don't know. Yeah. So, do you don't smoke any uh, recreational marijuana, do you? No, I don't. I mean, I, I did, but I don't now. I don't do any. I don't do anything now. Yeah, I mean, I think I think honestly, like it, my addiction is probably all encompassing, and yeah. I, 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 there was a year before I really started drinking hard, that I like smoked weed every day, all day. Like I just do anything and everything, especially when it comes to like changing my 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 personality or my brain chemistry or whatever. I just do I just do it more than than you should. There's no stop button. I mean there can be, but I have to work really hard at it, which is abnormal in the first place. And, but, but also, you know, like, and it got to the point also, like, I smoked a lot of weed and then it kind of stopped and then I went back to it and it made me paranoid. So like, honestly, I don't, I don't crave that. I, I'm too afraid of the paranoia. It's not a good feeling. Right. Well, to me, I, I, I kind of stopped smoking so much weed because it made me lazy. And I, yeah. I didn't mind being lazy before. I might actually still use it because it's, it's, uh, my mind is constantly running too fast, and so it's the one way to slow me down. And it, the reason I started smoking weed was because it, I wasn't sleeping and I wasn't eating at the time. Right. And I heard about the symptoms uh, and, and the, and the uh, reward that comes from marijuana. But I'm straying away from my, my real question. When we met, was at a party at... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, I wound up getting not blackout drunk, but worse. Yeah. Those were the words. <laughs> I never forgot that. 
Yeah. So that became one of the defining like moments for me. That was like, wow, I can in fact go too far for even myself. Like I, I there are people who can handle being that drunk and be fine with themselves and right, right. Not, or maybe that leads to well, they were never an alcoholic. I think that was one of the points when I was like, wow, I must be an alcoholic if I can drink this far and still want to get further. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it, it can be a scary thing, but uh, how, I, mean, I don't want to get too nosy if you, if you uh, Oh, no, I don't mind at all. Conversation short, there's a, there's a code word, Bulbasaur. You say Bulbasaur, I'll cut this part out completely. Man, I was, yeah. I was playing Pokemon Go right before you called. I just want you to know. And so I really appreciate that safe word. Yeah, no, there's a safe <laughs> word, it's, it's Bulbasaur. Got it. But how far were you, because I think you were drinking when we met, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... We no see what my memory of that is. I don't remember that happening to you, but I remember, and, and I think this is the same party. Is that yeah. what happened? Was is that there were these? Um, um, it wasn't just that we were drinking. We also were given these fucking uh, Jolly Rancher weed candies, and I and, right. and I think they were very strong. And I think I had two of them. And all I remember is that me and you were listening to some people talk. And something happened. Something, I think, subtle and socially happened. And there's no way I will ever remember what it was. But me and you right. both caught it. And in, like, that kind of weird, high way that we both saw this very specific thing that this guy said and the way he said it in the context of how he said it. And we started laughing so hard. I mean, like, we laughed for 10 minutes, like, cackling. And I remember, like, it made people feel weird, and they, like, left. And then I, and then, and and some of this may have just been me being drunk and paranoid, and some of this may have been the fact that that party was full of a bunch of, like, tools. I don't know. Like, because I feel like there was a little bit of, like, oh. It was a weird party for the kind of people I think you and I possibly were then. Because I think we were a little more grounded than other people there. People there are more accustomed to parties, I think I can say to say. Yeah. I'm not. I'm just not. I, I can acclimate. But it's not me doing it. It's, it's this personality that takes over. Yeah. So I do go on. And, but, yeah. and then I remember I got real butt hurt. And this was a big thing with me with drinking. Like, this is one of the main reasons that I, I'm, I'm so glad I'm sober now. Is because, you know, drinking yeah. was always kind of fun sometimes. But a lot of times, like, I just sucked. Like, and, like, either I would be uh, angry or I would be pouty or I would just, like, think everyone hated me. Like, it just sucked. Anyway, I remember I, I like left. I was like, everybody doesn't like me. Everybody's oh. everybody's laughing at me and Timo because we were having such a good time. You know what I mean? And I pouted yeah. out of there instead of like just like been fine with it. Like, yeah, you're fucked up. They think you're fucked up. Why? Why does it matter? But I would get emotional, and I uh, and like and then the next day, talk about that kind of guilt, like the guilt, yeah. or the, the shame of being like a little bitch. <laughs> That's what it was. What's that? And then it ballooned from there, the, the uh, alcoholism. Absolutely, yeah. And then, you know, and, and it was always for me like, oh, my God, I really wish, I hope I'm not an alcoholic. God, I hope I'm not. Because cause it would be like, it would probably be like fun, 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 not fun. Fun, fun, right. fun, not fun. Okay, I can fix this. I can fix this. And then after a while, it just like, and then I got a little, like, got a little suicide And I don't even think like, uh-huh. I don't even think for real, but like you know, you know, pro- probably but enough pro- to make you feel uncomfortable about being alive. That's I right, mean, especially around other people, and especially what you're doing. At the time when I met you, I don't yeah. know if you were an actor then, 
but when yeah. I when we really really met, you were an actor. Yeah. And I was production assistant, and you were uh, were you acting at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was acting at the time, and uh, I mean you're like auditioning with people, and sh- like, every day. What's that? So you're dealing with people every day. Every day, yeah, and I like. And so, and also, like, honestly, in my profession, like, man, I was just fucking puffy all the time because I was getting uh, drunk out all the time. Like, it just made me, I, I, I can't look shitty, you know? And it did make, some people, man, some people who are alcoholics, they, they get skinnier. Like, man, I wish, I wish, you know? Like, those people, like, they, they get gaunt and shit. I'm like, oh, that would be so fucking, I probably would still be drinking. I would still be drinking if it got me yeah, gone. Exactly, because that's a very um, Hollywood look. They love it. You know what I mean? They like, oh, he looks very. Sure. But uh, it, or at least you, as an actor, can appreciate that in an actor. What's that? Or at least you, as an actor, can appreciate that in an actor. Someone who could like mm, own their way into like the uh, their personality into their acting, but you're feeling like, oh, I'm just bloated. This doesn't help. It doesn't help. Exactly. It doesn't. I don't. I'm. Not, it doesn't let me be the kind of cool, rebel, alcoholic person that I think I romanticize because you just look fucking like sick. You you don't look. It's not sexy. That's what it is. That's like at the end of the day. That's what I'm saying. It didn't make me sexy, and there's and so there's really no reason to be doing it. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, there's no reason to be doing it to begin with yeah. until no, we realize there's really no reason to be doing it. Um. That's a bloody interesting thing. I had forgotten about the jelly recipes in that story. God, it was the moonshine that did it for me at that party. Because mm-hmm. there was like, I was drinking regular stuff, hard stuff and spirit. But I was the moonshine. I was like, ah, the moonshine where I went too far. Uh, now yeah. I'm beginning to rethink that. Yeah. It, I recall it was, I mean, I think it was, it was probably a perfect storm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was a, because I was, I too was completely gone at that party. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell, man. I could not tell. No, no, because me and you were on the same. We were on the same wavelength. I remember it was me and you, man. We we were. Yeah. I was I was very happy you were there. It was always nice to find another, you know, hooligan. I think. <clears throat> no. Wait, I, I I I you just dropped out. Sorry. Oh, I think kindred spirit would be the term for this. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Well, you know, I I. I Sure. Um, but I respect people who do it. And um, I remember I had a friend with well, this friend of mine who I invited to this podcast would insist that I go to the AA with him. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't hard when I went to a meeting finally to get up and be like, hey, I'm an alcoholic. But it was not um, a process of healing that I felt would work for me. Sure. And yeah. I think it had something to do with I grew up in, uh, in a Catholic environment, like not necessarily entirely wholesome Catholic, just, you know, the the motions, going through the motions. And so what I picked up out of uh, out of all the grade school Catholic education was, oh, there are all these commandments over here. And I think this goes back to what you were mentioning about how Jesus is a dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, here are all these commandments. Jesus went along and was like, you don't have to do any of these. Just do the one. Golden commandment, they called it. Yeah. Do unto others the way you would do unto you. And um, the way you would have them do it to you. And so that stayed with me uh, just as a kernel. And it was only until afterwards when I developed a personality for my own that I was like, you know what, that idea worked for me. Especially to when I heard that that 
notion is basically the key in very various religions that you know yeah. everyone's practicing religion is practicing do unto others and it's just like well why wouldn't they I, it makes sense mm-hmm. but not everyone can grasp the concept of do unto others I, I don't know I guess that might be where the society begins and, sure. uh, and the person ends yeah uh, we do we, we do tend to get lost in that I'm, I'm glad you found a better place I didn't realize it, it, it got so bad but I, I'm not surprised either it, it can get pretty dark for yeah. just about anybody yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like for me too, it was it was surprising too. Or it wasn't surprising. Um but it was like it, yeah, I guess probably I was just in denial. And cuz also I was I think I was fairly high functioning, you know, cuz you always hear all these other stories like that are just like you know, I've never been fired because of all this this all this other shit and it's like, well, you, know, you think you realize like, oh, no, my life's worse because of it. And, and and I tried to stop on my own and I couldn't. So like those two you know that's the, but back on the AA thing, yeah, I, I do AA and I like it. And the higher power thing, I totally hear you. I mean, I feel like that's a big thing that keeps a lot of people out of it, or it's it's one of the main deterrents. But for me, it doesn't. You know, I can. I'm I'm a religious guy, and I think actually I've gotten religious because of it, because of AA. But 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 not like I didn't become religious to like save me from alcohol. It's more like. It's almost like it just kind of revealed to me what a religion should be, which is really just there's and back to the ideal, the utopia, the the Descartes thing. There's this idea of something better than I am. And I can't act like I'm that thing. I can't act like I'm I'm great, man. I've got I figure I've figured life out. I recognize I don't have life figured out. I doubt I ever will. But there's this idea of a figured out life that I can strive towards. And that is what I would call the higher power. It's this thing that isn't you, that you strive towards, that I think works better for a lot of alcoholics because a lot of narcissism is involved in alcoholism, a lot of selfishness. And, you know, a lot of that, it, it like whenever you try to just rely on yourself, you know, like I can do this, I can fix this. That that just, a lot of the time that causes pain because you fail, you fail at doing the thing you said you were going to do, which causes guilt, which causes guilt and shame, which continues that spiral. There's something about the higher power. It's really just more like for me, just take it off of yourself. Even even if you want to pretend, just play pretend. Pretend there's a thing that's looking out for you. And give it and, and, and kind of give it give it up to him, and, and, and in doing that, you're actually taking it off of you. That's kind of where I am with that. <clears throat> yeah, I have a lot of faith in faith. Like my my own faith is shook, but that's because it's not secure in anything. Now my mom's faith is so secure; she may be wrong about certain. Like I'll I'll ask her, "What's your favorite Bible story?" She'll just be like, she'll stop in her tracks, and well, she did anyway when I asked her. Yeah. Rosary, and I'll know it's blessed. And she's like, okay. The next day she gives it back, and I was like, well, you 
you did the thing? And she's like, yeah, I did the thing. I was like, well, okay. Like, I can, I can suddenly feel some sort of protection over me, an aura of safeness, mm-hmm. knowing that there is this thing, this artifact of faith, you know, and that, that as much as I don't have the, the same faith she does, I have faith in her faith. It's worked yeah. out somehow. Yeah. Now, uh, I spoke to, not this going back to the guy that I, I, his name was Christian, the guy I, I spoke to previously in the podcast, he mentioned to me the notion, he clarified for me the notion of the higher power in a, in a very beautiful way. Anyway, or in a way that made it clear as to what it could be. He, he mentioned, yeah, anyone can have a higher power. It doesn't have to be God. It could be a door. Like, I know a guy who has a doorknob for a, a higher power. Mm. Someone else has a Santa Claus for a higher power. And I just forgot to thinking, well, it's true. People's imagination can run wild. And where they, safe, where they feel safe at, as long as it's un- unplugged from themselves and they, they have something else to rely on, I could easily see how that could... Mm, assist yeah. in the in the journey, you know. Yeah. And so, just and the notion of a room full of higher powers, everyone like in a room having their own higher power. Those <laughs> yeah. higher powers personified into like physical things in a room. I mean, if someone who is like not aware of any of this stuff walked into that room, how surreal is that going to be? Every single one of these higher powers has a personality so much stronger than just what a human being is capable of. Yeah. That it, it, it's like everybody's got their own drop dead Fred everybody's got their own ima- right. imaginary friend and, and, <laughs> and, and they're in the room with them well what a beautiful yeah. that is such yeah. a beautiful a thing, thing yeah <clears throat> I love that yeah especially people who suppress their imaginations it's too bad yeah people are all like very hung up you know on um well, is that real or not? It's like, man, it, again, wrong question. Like, right. maybe, maybe it is. It, it, it seems to be successful. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, you know what I mean? You yeah, and like, uh, you know, and who cares? It's like, again, it's like, who cares? Either it yeah. might be like either, either your mother blessed that rosary and created some kind of like mystic aura over that, which gives you some... Catholic protection, which I'm not saying that I'm trying to say it in a derisive way. That could be true, man. There could be some real magic in that shit. We don't, and we that we've just forgotten. Or you could be creating that. You could be. You could have created that in your own mind because we're we and it's a placebo effect almost, or it's just the feeling that your mother cared about you and that you know it could all just be imagined. It's like it's again, who cares? What is the effect? What's the effect? You know, and, and, and if you're feeling it, uh, you know, let, let's let's stop trying to figure it out. That's what I, what I always say about Jesus. Um, yeah. What my little saying is uh, about Jesus is like he would not care if you he would not care if you thought he was real or not. No, he just wouldn't care. That's he never no, he, 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 he never said, man, and all y'all remember me. It was me and I'm the only way. And you better be praying to me or I'm going to get pissed. You know, like he was, you know, anyway. There's a notable aspect of the guy. If in fact he was a guy, I don't even care. There's a notable aspect of the stories I've heard of this guy, Jesus, that he, that would still people wouldn't get, but that but people still celebrate Jesus as though this weren't a thing. That he would eat with tax men and, mm-hmm. would, you know, like, like hang out with prostitutes. He would hang out with the, like the lower, 
society as if they were the highest dredges of society. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think and that's... that's like, no, that, that, that's stupid. Jesus wouldn't do that. This is what Jesus... And then they want to, like, impose what they feel is more important about the teachings as opposed to the all-encompassing teaching, which is got to treat everybody with respect everybody with respect yeah and i think you know yeah. and i think that yeah the, the the church is a real problem you know like and the church has been a problem for like millennia you know and that's where like 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 that's 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 what it is like somehow jesus got kind of co-opted into this weird roman power structure and that took over all of europe and then you know and then, you know, it's this bizarre, you know, you know priests are fucking kids and, and, and everybody's taken out and it's like used for, you know, to create empires. And it's like, I honestly think the church is the Antichrist. It's got Christ in the name, you know what I mean? And it, it like it espouses and it espouses a lot of beliefs that have nothing to do with him. But at the same time, they also contain a lot of beliefs. It's really kind of bizarre. It's almost like a Trojan horse, like this evil things got this really good thing inside of it uh, there's a lot of really interesting things i think about that like yeah good people can in fact come out of the roman catholic church it's absolutely oh, yeah yeah i mean and, and well and i think it's all it's because they're they it's got a nugget of like beautiful truth and he's got and, and, and whether that's like divine or just like he was just i don't know he was like woke for back then he was like he, he, you know, he might have just like been a Buddhist and like came back and was like, hey, y'all heard of Buddhism? Let me tell y'all about it. Because, um, uh, you know, he was gone for a while. And the, the idea is that what, even though a power structure took it over and, and for millennia, fucking Spanish Inquisition would torture people, you know, would like fucking you know, burn people at stakes and all that. There was always this like weird little kernel of like this hippie. Who got who had such beautifully radical ideas that he they had to nail them to some wood. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder how much of that stuff. Oh, well, I, that's a, I, it's best I talk to like a, a theologist about this than 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 just speculate. Yeah. Uh, just because there's so many questions. As, I mean, well, the reason I called this this podcast Green Donation is namely, I mean, self explanatory. Mm-hmm. But mostly, being Mexican, I, I feel like, especially raised here in, in the United States, I don't have an identity, necessarily. Like, I didn't grow up Chicano. I didn't grow up, like, in East L.A. with all right. other, like, other people who are brown and stuff like that. I have a very white sense. Sure. Uh, being being a, a Mexican, I, I have in my blood, you know, rape. There's, there's Spanish raping...
Well, it's the kernel. It's, it's, there's that kernel of it's the Trojan horse you mentioned. It's, there's, there's some good in all this shit that's gone bad yeah. to, to, get, to get to where I'm at. And I'm trying to figure out what that is or how to describe it or where it's at. And I tried writing an essay about it, and I was like, this isn't working out. What if I do this podcast, converse with, I don't know, a hundred people, let's say, and just hopefully it'll encompass what it is I'm trying to get at, which is really my own personality. Mm. But um, the church is a, is a big part of how, how I am. As much as I'd like to espouse, oh, you know, um, all these punk notions that I grew up with that really, like, define me, yeah. uh, or all the uh, Catholic Church, which doesn't define me, but does play a part in how I act. Mm-hmm. It's all very, very funny and indescribable and so deep. There's so much to dig into there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so much meat. Um, what do you know about your source? Where, where do you come from, if I may ask? Oh, yeah. So, like, you mean, like... Uh ethnically, racially, my heritage, kind of? Is that what you were saying? I guess so. Yeah. Let's move it over to more. Where do you find yourself now? Where do you think you got your notions from? Oh, okay. Your yeah, just... just up the guy you are now. Besides, I guess, uh, AA would be one. Sure. Well, what else would... Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I... Brian Trishnell. Yeah, I had a really amazing history teacher in high school who, like... Like, it, it's not just, like... He taught me one. I think he he just taught me European history so hardcore, and I like ate it up. Like I ate it up like I would like a video game. Like I just wanted to learn every single thing I could about, you know, the history of Europe and specifically, I guess, and then you know, kind of how that created Western civilization. So like a lot of my thoughts about society, I always kind of go back to that. You know what I mean? Like that's why I'm. Say that again. That's when you really started to notice the stuff, the stuff like the big just society. Yeah. Going on. Yeah, I think so. I think it's kind of like one of my favorite quotes is is by Walter Benjamin, which is every uh, every um, uh, every monument to civilization is a monument to barbarism. And, you know, it's like this idea that, you know, everything that exists is, um, it was born out of blood. It was born out of some fucked up shit. And it's always kind of been like that. I mean, it, it is who we are inherently, or at the very least civilization is like that inherently. I don't know what it was like before we started farming and people started building cities and all that shit. You know what I mean? So, like, maybe everything yeah. was really chill when it was, you know, tribes and, and you know, you're just living off the earth. Maybe that's true. Maybe that, I don't know if that is true. That could just be a myth that we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel bad. I don't know. But I'm talking about the Garden of Eden. Yeah, I, I think that could be it. I think that could be yeah. the Garden of Eden. We lived with the earth and then we realized, oh, we can do more with this earth. That, that's almost like eating the apple. That was like, oh, shit, we can kind of control this land. We don't have to just live with it. And with that comes the idea that, oh, I can take from others. That's where sin comes from. Oh, I can, oh, you have more than me. I could go in and take that thing from you. I could kill, I could take yeah. your life. You know, things like that. Um, yeah, or, where you get off having more than me. Yeah. And so that's where yeah. wars come from. That's where, you know, everything kind of comes from. And uh, so, yeah. so that is a big part of like who I am. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, I had a... Wait, what's the, now this is in high school that this history teacher 
junior. Yeah, was man. Sophomore, junior. Sophomore and junior. But it was sophomore year that that he like. I latched onto him, everything he had to say. He was very, like, he was a really tough teacher. Um, he kind of became, like, a intellectual father figure for me. Like, I, I, I live with my father. My father was cool. But, like, he was, he was, like, this kind of intellectual kind of father figure. Like, I wanted to learn because of him. Like, I was super interested in learning. And, and that was the big one. And, uh, it, yeah, his name was Coach, yeah. Coach Thompson. And he wasn't even a coach. That's what that was funny about it. Yeah, I guess he was like a his, his he was a history coach, and um, he just taught. He just you know I feel like a, you know also a life coach in it. Kind of yeah. Like anyway, so he kind of like put gave me a a lot of it was religious foundations of how I see the world. Like like um, you know because the history of Europe, a lot of it is the history of Christianity. And like, yeah. and people just don't even know it. And it is so complicated and weird and fucking and vicious. It's fucking vicious. And yeah. um, I've always found that just very interesting, you know. And so it's, it's really kind of focused my thoughts on the Bible or, you know, because I, you know, I, I grew up Christian. Wait, so how far, how far, um, how far ago have you been? Spiritually conscious, like just aware sure. of it, like sure. aware of like yeah, spirituality in, in your in your life. Yeah. Like, did you go to Catholic high school? No, no, no. I not grew up uh, Protestant. Like I grew up Baptist. Protestant. Yeah, yeah. I grew up Baptist, so Southern Baptist, and I was like, you know, pretty like, you know, I was Christian, you know, and uh, but I hate. What's that? Did you go to church every Sunday? Well, Protestant. Protestant just means you know not Catholic. So like. So Protestant, there was a pro, the Protestant Revolution happened in like the 1600s or and before then in Europe, and so anything that isn't Catholic is anything that doesn't like deal with the Pope is Protestant, and then there are a bunch of factions out of Protestantism, and mine mine was Southern Baptist, and so, yeah, so and that's like you go to church, you get dunked in the water. It's very Southern. It's very Southern. You get Sunday school. Yeah, you get Sunday school. And uh, and then you go to church and you listen to a guy kind of talk about, you know, some verses and how it relates to the world. And usually it always kind of felt negative. And um, I, went, I went to, a, I was an altar boy for a little while. But okay. I didn't see the negativity, but I was Catholic, I guess. So yeah. They focus in Baptist, they focus a lot on the negative to, to sort of like scare you into this? Or how yeah, and, and I wouldn't say it was, um, I, I wouldn't say it was overt. But it felt a little subtle. Like, it was subtle, like, we're, we've done bad, the world's bad, you know, let's all act good kind of feeling. And who knows if that's, I think that's how it felt. Yeah. It felt, it felt almost like, I've always said, it's almost like it's just as much Christian as it is just more like Southern culturalism. Like, there was this very Southern cultural good old boy this is how we do, you know, it doesn't even feel connected to, to what, how I kind of look at Christianity now. It was like I was going to Southern, Southernist church. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And so it was just very Southern, very kind of, but there was a lot of good there. You know, I, I learned a lot about my, my Bible stories. I could answer you like my favorite Bible story. Favorite Bible story is Jonah, because if you read it, it's hilarious. It is yeah. the funniest. Yeah, you got you. Because he, I was, that was, that was, yeah. When I asked my mom what her favorite 
That seemed right. Yeah, just like really? just really Mississippi it up, you know. Okay. But it was like it was. Pr- that, like accents or more? Or what is that? You know, yes, accents. Yeah, give everyone a very Southern country accent, and that's 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 what it was like for me. Like everybody was very. I mean that that mates a lot of me. Like I grew up in a place that was very Southern and like. I guess racist is a part of it, you know, you know, being a white guy, you don't really see it. And my parents weren't, weren't, you know, um, overtly racist. So I didn't really play along, but, but, but I guess my point is like, there was this just kind of like mach- Southern good old boy didn't like anything that was different, you know, very judgmental, felt like a bunch of bullies. I felt like I was a lot, with a lot of bullies all the time growing up that's what it, you know what I mean and so that that made me who I am too you know going to something else like like very rebellious I'm very rebellious by nature and, and like I just don't like anything I'm supposed to be doing or anybody's telling me I should be doing so like Does because phoniness come in around here phoniness yeah hmm. well, to, to scale it back to when we met the reason I think we were kindred spirits is because we could sense a sense of, like, a, a degree of phoniness amongst the crowd. Like, not that people were phony, frankly. I just didn't know anybody there. Mm-hmm. But it did seem uh, like I was out of place. And I, and I know that feeling has always been a part of me, too. It's the reason I'm so weird now. Right. And it's probably the reason I'm presuming that you were, you know, you, would, uh, you were attracted to the emo style of music because it was... An alternative to everything else. Yeah, I think that so. Alternativeness had to have come in from beforehand. Would that be phoniness that you were sensing in other people that you were like, oh, I can't be a part of this? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that was that's that's been there. That's something that really turns me off. And uh, I, I think kind of what I was speaking to is a little more kind of like, uh, I mean, like like. Uh, it's hard to explain. Just like, yeah, no, it was more kind of like shutting down anything that's different. Like you can't, anything that is against what we say, um, anything that's against what we think is a, uh, what a guy should be like, sports, you know, hunting, things like that. Then if you don't do any of that, you're, you're not, you're not, you're not accepted. It's how I felt. And I think, I think that, that's kind of where I'm coming from. But to your point... There's also this kind of form of reality where people, it's almost like when they're having a social interaction, it's almost like they're playing a game more than they're actually expressing themselves. And that really gets under my skin too. It's like, oh, everybody, it's like you're, you're playing a game of who says what and when do you say it and how do you say it and, oh, uh, like. Is it a game of gotcha? A game of gotcha? Maybe. Yeah. It could be a game of gotcha. It could be a game of, well, we know this script and someone, a good, a, a good, smart person speaks with this script. I ask this question, you answer with this answer. And we, and uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's also kind of like yeah. that too. But yeah, there's, oh, the gotchas, man. Yeah, people who kind of speak sideways. 
they're not they're 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 not really saying what they think or you know they're not having a conversation they're um, engaging in something else feels very corporate that stuff oh that gives me the fucking heebie jeebies I gotta you know what I mean yeah I can't do I that I just got done watching a Douglas Sirk movie you watch a lot of Douglas Sirk no what is that so there's, there's a movie I just saw and I think it ties into that kind of um, I don't want I don't see it with a small town mentality but it's that kind of mentality it comes up every once in a while in movies where it's just like everyone in town has a certain way of being, and if you're not like that, well, you're going to be ostracized. But the way they go about it to ostracize you is, yeah, it's a very, it's bully tactics, essentially. Yeah, that's kind of what it was like in my younger days, before puberty, and then puberty hit. And so then you discover, like, ways to be like, fight the machine, emo time. And what happened was, is like, I think, you know, girls, I think kind of started to like that when I was around 14 or 15. And I started getting, whereas before, like in middle schooly times, I was getting nothing, man, no attention. Like I was just, I, I had three friends, period. You know, no one, I didn't get any attention from girls or maybe I did a little bit, but, but, but really, no. Really, it was mostly no one like, you know, at least that's how it felt. When I think back, I'm like, well, I guess there was that, that happened. But the, in broad strokes, that's how it felt. And then I remember I started getting kind of attention because I was kind of becoming more funny and I would be very, you know, it was like making fun of the normal people. So, like, I would guess I would just bully back. You know, essentially, it's what we were doing. We were bullying back this kind of. Uh, the 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 majority kind of dude, and we were kind of fucking funny about it because we watched The Simpsons and we were funny, and yeah. you know girls like and so and so I was getting a lot of success from that. Yeah, so that I'm really, really yeah, I'm really right. no, that I think that's it. And so that is 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 that's a big part of my personality because man, when you're in those formative years, the things that you get success from they stay with you forever. So like now. I'm very rebellious in a way, or not, I don't even know if re- rebellious is the right word. Um, no, but you have standards now. Uh, or, 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 but also, like, if there's a way that everybody's doing it, I kind of want to not do it that way. And that doesn't yeah. always, that's not always helpful to me. It does, it doesn't, no, it no. does, it's not sexy, it's not cool. It's just kind of, it kind of, I just kind of separate myself from this world, mm. you know, in a way. I would argue, great time. We could keep going. Yeah. Punks that are just doing the anarcho punk thing, right? Or the crust punk thing, 
I'm so strange that I figured, I like this part, I like this part, I like this part. Picking and choosing, it, 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 it lends me a pretentiousness, I have to admit. Yes, yes, it, I agree. It gives, for for it me, I agree. Us, it's weird, because it, I think the troubling thing is it gives us a sense of superiority when we're in high school. Yes, back then, that's right. Not, now we have a, a, a platform to stand on. See how I'm better than you, I'm going to point it out. Yeah. But it's more a sense of leveling, leveling ourselves out to their superiority. So that now that we're adults, uh, we have a platform, and it isn't superiority. Theirs is still somehow in their mind higher than ours, but we can see how half of their platform is bullshit and cloud. And Mm -hmm. our platform is, as much as it's low to the ground, it's legitimate enough that we can stand up for it and know why we stand up for that. And that, I don't know what that is, because it's... It's that sense of, like, there's evil and there's, you know, well, it boils mm. down to evil being, a friend of mine told me a long time ago that evil came from the German word Ubel, which meant standing over. And to stand over someone is, well, clear, clearly standing over somebody. Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to understand. You want to stand mm. under people mm-hmm. so that you can better listen, so that you can better uh, comprehend what's yeah. going on. I love that. Uh, yeah, so then... Here, I'm thinking, we were evil, but we found our evil in somehow, uh, I don't know, maybe we just lucked out, that we didn't turn out to be complete douchebags about it. I don't don't see you, I've never seen you as someone who's like a a, a douchebag at all, like to any uh, increment. And I think people have established it me, and this is probably like just me fellating myself, but people have have told me like, oh, you're you're not a douchebag at all. Yes. And I can argue with them all I want. Like, no, I'm, I'm an awful person because of X reason, Y reason, and Z reason. And uh, they'll be like, no, I don't see any of that. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, and that correlates to this time I got arrested, not arrested, well, I got put in handcuffs. And so this, this, this copper was like, stop resisting. I told him, I'm, I'm not resisting. And, I, and he had me up against the fence. I was looking at these dudes eating tacos. Oof. And the, and I told like I was the guy was like looking right at me. I was like, does it look like I'm 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 resisting? And the guy was like with a taco in his mouth, going just nodding his head yes. And I was like, well, I guess I'm resisting. I joked right at mm-hmm. myself, but that came with the realization of like, oh, it doesn't matter what I think I'm doing. What matters in the world is what everyone else thinks I'm doing. And it was a very disheartening thing to learn, but it was a very good lesson to get, right. I think. Yeah. In that we're not the people we we say we are, we think we are, none of that. Right. In this society, we are the person that is defined by what everyone else thinks. As much as our actions might be legit, people's interpretations, people are always going to be asking like those pressing, those those pressing questions on the news, like, well, why did you blah, 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 blah? Why did yeah. you do blah, blah, blah? Maybe because it was a blah, you know, they start speculating with your intentions and it's and it's no use to fight what they think somehow and yet it's imperative that we fight what they think somehow and I think that's what makes us troubled people because there doesn't seem like the world's on our side yeah that's um, really, yeah, that's but, really true yeah, but there's something to that I think that it, it, it's a highly emotional feeling it's not even a it's like that resistance is it's very like it's not even a it's not a thought out thing it's just like no. 
It's like, man, I see everybody says I got to do it this way. Man, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. And... Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's fucked wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, therefore, and it can get a little, like you said, pretentious. It can even get a little mean, you know. And yeah. and, and then and that's where I think sometimes, you know, like you were saying, like we might. I think what you were saying was you can kind of be hard on yourself and this idea, because we know what it's like to be treated meanly, you know. And yeah. now and now we've we've created this kind of value, this virtue. Um, yeah. I don't know if it, resistance, I would never call myself, you know, you know, even like I'm calling myself rebellious and like now I'm like, well, I'm really not at all, but there's something <laughs> I, and I'm not thinking the right no, word. Right. I think, I think maybe just resistant to social norms. Yeah. And, and I, I, I can, I can be aggressive about it. Um, and to an extent only because to the extent that we're allowed to survive in the world, like, you know, like, I don't think you could be as. Uh, I'll, I'll call it punk. You call it resistance. I'll call it punk. You mm-hmm. can't be as punk and and like fucking like live anywhere and have enough money to eat and like work and you know all these other things. You kind of have to give and take. Yeah. And the giving is somehow uh, hurtful to the soul, but it allows you room to still be yourself. In this capitalistic uh, republic yeah. that we live, yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's like, yeah, I could go on, I could go on. We can go <sighs> on forever. Listen, Brian, we have a lot to talk about. Would you be willing to come back to me at, uh, maybe a few weeks, maybe a month, a couple months? Sounds wonderful. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd be willing to give more of your time to this Gringo Nation Fury thing? Yeah, man, this, uh, this is great. This was so much fun, and you're such a great host, man. You just, man, we just fucking glided through it. Like, I was, I was, I remember right before we started, I said, man, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to have anything to say, God. And now I, I, I have a lot to say. And, and, and the thing is, is the willingness to participate. And I think I've been lucky that I know enough people that are, uh, open enough to talk about anything and so therefore it gives room for all sorts of subjects to just flood into the gates of green donation thanks brian for your time i'm gonna i'm gonna keep this, this talk going after after the end but this is the end do you have any uh, final thoughts um no man uh, uh you know um everything's fine and everything's not fine and that's fine boom <laughs> <laughs>